Good morning and welcome to Shouts of Grace. Today we're going to be continuing our study of faith. And of course, we finished up looking at Noah yesterday. And so today we're moving right along. We're going to be in Hebrews verses or Hebrews chapter 11, verses 8 through 10, and we're going to be seeing how faith affects our obedience, and we're going to be looking at the example of Abraham, who of course was a great man who obeyed God, and I'm excited to look at that. But before we get into that, we're going to start, or maybe I should say continue, with our idea of a scripture reading that we took a little bit of a break from here the last three days or so, and we're going to be reading from Philippians chapter 1. We're going to read through the book of Philippians one chapter at a time. So Philippians 1, starting in verse 1. Paul and Timothy, bondservants of Jesus Christ, to all of the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, with the bishops and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making request for you all with joy, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he who has began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Just as it is right for me to think of this, uh, think of this of you all, because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both in my chains and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you all are partakers with me of grace." For God is my witness, how greatly I long for you all with the affection of Jesus Christ. In this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment, that you may approve the things which are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and the praise of God. But I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel, so that it has become evident to the whole palace guard and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ, and most of the brethren in the Lord, having become confident by my chains, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ even from envy and strife, and some from goodwill. The former preached Christ from selfish ambition, not sincerely supposing to add affliction to my chains, but the latter out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. And in this I rejoice and will rejoice, for I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and the supplication of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. According to my earnest expectation and hope, that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. But if I live in the flesh, this will mean fruit from my labor. Yet what I shall choose I cannot tell. For I am hard-pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. And being confident of this, I know that I shall remain and continue with you all for the progress and joy of faith, that your rejoicing for me may be more abundant in Jesus Christ by my coming to you again. Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come to see you or am absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel, and not in any way terrified of your adversaries, which to them is proof of perdition, 
but to you of salvation, and that from God, for you, for to you it has been granted on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake, having the same conflict which you saw in me, and now here is in me. Well, now we're going to be reading from Hebrews chapter 11, verses 8 through 10, and it says this, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which foundations which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Faith affects our obedience. Faith affects our obedience, and this is so important to realize, and it is so evident in Abraham's life. We see it starts off right here in verse 8, By faith Abraham obeyed. By faith Abraham obeyed. His obedience was rooted and anchored in obedience and obedience alone. It wasn't rooted in something else. And we need to understand the general obedience that Abraham had. You see, God called Abraham when he was 75 years old, and he lived in Haran or Mesopotamia, perhaps, in in that area, as to what you might more know where Haran is. Uh, But he would have most likely have laid down roots by the time he was 75. I mean, as you can imagine, it doesn't take that long to really go and to put down roots uh, when you go and you consider this. I mean, he would have had a business. He would have had family members there in Haran. He would have had friends and he would have had a way of life there in Haran. And yet, when he was called to go out of that place, he went out even not knowing where he was going. I mean, that's an incredible thing. See, Abraham obeyed. And this word obeyed in the Greek, it means to listen intently, to heed or to conform to a command. Simply put, Abraham obeyed God. There were no debates. There were no questions. All we have is simple obedience. When God said it, Abraham did it. That's what happened here. This wouldn't have been an easy thing. We know that Abraham was a businessman, and and, I mean, God ended up blessing him greatly, but we can kind of assume that before, even before he left Haran, even before he started going out on this this pilgrimage that, that God sent him out on, that he was a businessman that he had these skills, that he was developing these skills in the first 75 years of his life. See, it's amazing that Abraham obeyed God, and it was such a simple obedience, even in the midst of great difficulty, this general obedience. But we also see that he had immediate obedience. See, Abraham applied the song, applied the song Obedience to his life. If you remember that, that song, perhaps that you sang in Sunday school, you know, obedience is the very best way. I won't continue singing for you because I don't want you to turn this off by listening to my voice sing. But obedience is the very best way to show that you believe doing exactly as the Lord commands, doing it happily. Action is the key. Do it immediately. And Abraham immediately put action and he obeyed. See, in the Greek, this word he was called when it says, by faith Abraham obeyed when he was called. 
that that phrase, he was called, it is in the present participle. And the translation would be when he was being called. In other words, as soon as he understood what God was saying, he started obeying. It was instant obedience. It may have taken several days or even weeks or months to make the final preparations for his trip, but in his mind, he was already on the way. He was already on the journey, going where God told him and said, you don't know where you're going, but but he knew those first steps. He had already made up in his mind that he was going to obey. This is the obedience that real faith brings. See, proper obedience also always has urgency. God speaks and we react. Either in obedience or disobedience, it's really the only choices that we have. Many people think that there's that there's some middle ground or something like that. But no, when God speaks, when there is, it is a call in our life, either we go and we make our mind up to obey or we make our mind up to disobey. That's the reality of it. And it has to do with our faith. You see, either we believe God or we don't believe God. And if we don't believe God, where are we going to follow? We're going to follow in disobedience. Our faith affects our obedience. Abraham obeyed even in the most difficult of circumstances, not knowing anything of the physical inheritance. It was of other motivation that caused his obedience. And that motivation was the desire to please God. Remember, without faith, it is impossible to please him. And you need this motivation in your life. Do you have that motivation in your life? Do you really want to please God? I mean, think about the difficulty that Abraham was being called and asked to do. He was being called to go and to uproot his life. How difficult would that be? And to go immediately to start making those preparations right away and also think about it this way, he didn't know where he was going. Have you ever gotten lost before? been driving and not exactly known where you were going. My wife and I, for our fifth anniversary, we took a trip over to Ireland and it was a great, wonderful trip, but it was a little bit nerve wracking because, you know, we'd never been on that continent. We'd never driven on the wrong side of the road before. We'd never done things like that. We weren't familiar with the geography. I mean, Sarah had kind of gone and, and studied the geography a little bit of Ireland, but it's not like you, you grew up there. It's not like you're going, oh, yeah, and th- this, you know, city is about this far away from that city. No, I mean, the problem is, is we'd say miles and they'd say kilometers. I mean, it was a totally different experience. And, and I remember it's it's nerve-wracking for me a little bit because I use a GPS almost everywhere I go. You know, I I, I like it to, to go in and tell me, okay, turn left here, dummy, you know, turn left right there, dummy, you know, things like that. But the best part is, is that you get to the end of your journey and it says you have arrived. And I think, wow, that's great to know I have arrived. But But no, I really do use a GPS almost everywhere I go because I'm really bad with directions. 
But when you're in Ireland and, you know, your cell phone service isn't international and you're a little bit of a, a, a cheap wad and you don't want to go and, you know, uh, spend a bunch of money on, on data uh, in things like that, what do you do? Well, you get a map and you kind of mark it out and things like that and you, you hope for the best. Well, it, it, it all worked out, but there were times when we were driving and we didn't really know exactly where we were going. And, you know, Sarah is a wonderful navigator, but she doesn't tell me, you know, in one mile, turn left or in 400 feet, turn left. You know, it's more like you're going, uh, I think that's your turn right there. Turn. Oh, yep, yep, yep. It is. Okay, turn. Things like that. But that would have been extremely difficult not knowing where Abraham was going. And yet he chose not to question God. Not to debate with God, but he chose rather to obey God. Why? Well, it's because of his faith. He clearly believed God. And the question comes, what about your obedience? See, your obedience should be rooted in the fact that you want to please God. And you can only please God, if you remember, through faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. And this means that you must believe what he has said to be a title or a deed in your life. When you go, if you're going to truly choose to obey God and to be motivated by wanting to please him, that means that you're looking at his promises and his commands and you're seeing them as a title or a deed in your life. You might not have the outcome of those things right now. Those might not be in sight, but you say, I am going to obey them no matter what, because I believe God. I believe what he has written is sure. It also means that your obedience will have actions that are caused by your belief. Your faith will have real evidences, and your obedience will not just be of mental agreement, but it will be a physical action. Now, it might be difficult, See, obedience is simple. It's not a complicated subject, but that doesn't make it easy. It may be difficult. Abraham was 75. He had put down roots. God didn't give him a roadmap for where he was going. But you need to remember something. Difficult is not bad. Hard is just hard. We do hard things every day, so get to work. Something being difficult is not a worthy excuse. You must obey even when life presents difficulties, even when the commands of God are difficult. See, we are called to obey God as Abraham did, and that means to have simple obedience and immediate obedience and to have our mind made up that we will obey. There's no time to debate God. There's no right time to drag your feet. God said it. You ought to believe it. That should settle it. And that means you better obey it. Well, thank you for listening today. And let's read Joshua 1, 8, and 9 as we depart. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Sometimes he 
madness we hold to the promise there's nothing we can't overcome so that war